Come follow me, the Savior said, then let us in his footsteps tread. For thus alone can we be one with God's own This is Lexi Austin, and you are listening to The Savior Said, a weekly podcast dedicated to my musings and observations on the New Testament and the Gospel of Jesus Christ. I will be using the Come Follow Me curriculum of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This curriculum can be found at comefollowme.churchofjesuschrist.org. For more content, follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesaviorsaid. Hey guys, welcome back to The Savior Said. This is our assignment for October 14th through 20th, Philippians and Colossians, I Can Do All Things Through Christ Which Strengtheneth Me, which is a really appropriate topic for everything that went on this week. So this week, this episode is going to be a little bit different. I had all kinds of crazy stuff going on, and so last weekend, I was freaking out because my son was having surgery, and there was all kinds of anxiety surrounding that. We had all kinds of extracurricular stuff going on. I had several different work commitments I had to take care of, and then also, I had this big workshop that I had to do for a Relief Society University program that they did on a Saturday, and so I had to plan all of that and get all of that done, and I was just really overwhelmed. I'm like, and I didn't know when I would fit in time to do all of my study and my preparation that I do for each one of these podcasts. It takes a couple hours. And I didn't know when I would have time to do all that. So, you know, I was talking to my Heavenly Father about it and he was like, well, you know, why don't you get a sub is kind of the idea that came to me. You know, that's what you would do as a teacher if you needed a day off or whatever, you you would get a substitute. And I started thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember, you know, my husband used to listen to Mark Levin all the time and Mark Levin would even have people come on his show and sub for him. So I'm like, it would be very natural for me to get a sub to come on and do like a special episode of The Savior Said from their perspective. And I was like, that could actually be really cool, a really nice change of pace. So the person who came to my mind immediately was my friend, Kansas. Now, if you've been a longtime listener of The Savior Said, you will know Kansas. Um, I interviewed her in episode 19. We had kind of a girls' night on our podcast episode there where we talked about marriage and stuff like that that went along with episode 19. Um, So you can go back and listen to that. But if you don't know Kansas, Kansas is one of my best friends that I grew up with um, here in Alabama. So we grew up together. I mean, we camped out in each other's backyards. Like, we were teenagers together. We went through all of our awkward phases together. We went off and we went to BYU together. Like, we have literally grown up together through every stage of life we've been together. So I trust her because I know of all the different conversations that we've had about gospel topics that she and I are very much parallel when it comes to various topics of the gospel, especially grace, which we're talking about this week. And so I knew that she would be able to handle this episode. I knew it might be a little bit of a stretch for her because not everybody is as comfortable talking to a crowd of people as I am. I think that's crazy. No, I know. I know that's not crazy. Um, I know that it's a weird quirk of mine that crowds don't bother me. Everything else in the world seems to bother me, but crowds aren't a thing that bothers me. But um, so I knew it was kind of going to be a stretch for her. I had no idea what was coming her way this week, though, and I think that this push to have her sub for me in this episode was a huge push from my Heavenly Father, and you're going to find out why when you listen to the things that she has to say about what her week was like, and it makes my week look like so not a big deal, and I actually, I apologize to her. I'm like, Kansas, with all this stuff that you had going on, I'm like, I should have just taken this back, and I should have done this, and she was like, no, no, I needed this because it was what got me through. 
And so you're going to hear that and you're going to hear all about it. But I am so entirely grateful to her for her taking this on. I know it was a huge leap of faith for her. I know it was a difficult task for her. And I'm so immensely grateful for the love that she had for me that she was willing to do this. I'm grateful for the connection that she felt to the scriptures and to her Heavenly Father as she went through this. And um, I hope you guys get as much out of it as I did just listening to her experience and her testimony of our Savior and how he can get us through difficult things and how we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us because we can and that is my testimony to you so now here without further ado is Kansas hey guys it's Kansas I will be substituting for Lexi this week some of you may remember me I have been on the podcast once before but by a way of introduction I have known Lexi for a very long time I think besides that, I have no qualifications to do this, but I would do anything for her, and that is why I'm here today. Before we get into the Come Follow Me lesson, I just wanted to go over some things I learned just from the experience of being asked to do this podcast by Lexi. She's not even here, and she is still teaching us things, guys. When she asked me, she just sent me a text, and it said, can you do me a favor? And my first thought immediately was yes. I didn't even know what she wanted me to do. But I just thought, yes, I will do whatever it is. I have a lot going on this week, and I didn't even think twice about it. I was just going to do whatever she wanted me to do. And then when she told me what she wanted me to do, it is uh, probably the most uncomfortable, most nerve-wracking thing she could ask me to do. And I still was like, yes, most definitely, I will do that. I didn't even have to think twice about it. I was simply overjoyed at the opportunity to serve her. Like, I like I am so grateful I might write her a thank you note. And these feelings really struck me. These feelings of, like, overwhelming gratitude towards her for asking me for a favor really, like, hit me. And I thought, Wow, that's a really good lesson for all of us. Um, for those of us especially who don't like to ask for help for whatever reason, maybe we're worried about what people think, or maybe we don't want to bother other people, or we don't want to put others out. I just thought this was an amazing lesson, that those around you are anxiously awaiting opportunities to serve you. They will be grateful for you giving them the opportunity to love you. They won't be put out. They won't be upset. So just go forth and ask. Go forth and ask for help. That's the first lesson. The second lesson I learned from this experience happened right after the first. Because my first thought was, yes, I will help you no matter what. But then when she told me what she wanted, my second thought was sheer panic and a feeling of inadequacy. I think I even texted her right away that I'm not spiritually strong enough to do this. And I thought to myself, I am not in a place to teach anyone about anything. She's probably going to lose all sorts of followers because of me. I am not where I should be. And I texted Lexi and just told her I didn't feel spiritually strong enough to do this and that it was my fault because I haven't been doing what I should be as far as like reading my scriptures and saying my prayers. I've just gotten out of habit. I've just been slacking. But she told me I should, you know, try it out. And her response was actually like, maybe this is the poke that you needed. And I kind of thought, okay, maybe you're right. Well, I'll go look at the lesson material and see if I feel like I can do it. And the very first section was on grace. And this is a favorite topic of mine. And I immediately realized that I need to apply grace to myself. Yes, I'm off my spiritual game right now, but I need to apply grace to myself. I need to recommit and I just need to move on. Plus, it's not me who teaches anyways. It's the spirit. So um, if you all will forgive me of my inadequacies, we can uh, dive into the Come Follow Me lesson. Okay, y'all, as I mentioned, the first section of the Come Follow Me lesson is about grace. It says, do we work out our own salvation? And this is that classic grace versus works discussion. 
one. Like Lexi, the topic of grace is a, a passion of mine. And this is because the past few years, I've come to a realization that I misunderstood grace pretty much my whole life. Like, I really have just kind of figured out in the past, I would say, five years. So the majority of my life, I have misunderstood it. And I have always understood grace and how it interacts with works based on a drawing that I've seen many times. Uh, it's a drawing of this deep pit and there's a stick man at the bottom and then there's a ladder in the pit but it doesn't reach the top it only goes like halfway and so I've always understood this to explain that we have to put in the effort to climb the ladder but because we are imperfect humans our ladder will never be tall enough to get us out of the pit and this is where God's grace comes in it makes up the difference between us and perfection but y'all what I've come to understand about grace is so different than that Lexi did an amazing job a few lessons ago discussing one of the most important things I learned about grace And that is that grace does not come in after all you can do. It doesn't come in only after you make it to the top of the ladder. Grace is not a booster engine that kicks in after your fuel source is out. It's in fact an enabling power. It's your constant energy source. And Lexi did such a good job of talking about that. She has such a cool um, analogy of her son like running up a ramp and getting shoes and getting the coach's help. And if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. But since she's already talked about that aspect, I really want to talk more about the balance of works and grace. So just like Lexi, um, most Everything I'm going to say is going to come from two talks, one by Brad Wilcox called His Grace is Sufficient, and one by President Uchtdorf called Grace. She links both of those in the previous episode. What I highly recommend is that you find the Brad Wilcox BYU speech, uh, the YouTube video of it. Brad Wilcox is a professional speaker. That's what he gets paid to do. So he is amazing. If you can listen to it, I would highly, highly recommend that. It is amazing. And the BYU speech is is longer than the Enzyme version of his talk, so you get more meat in it. And just do yourself a favor and maybe stop listening to me and go listen to Brad Wilcox instead. It's really good. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about both this balance of grace and works. Yes, both uh, grace and works are needed for salvation, but it's the why behind works that's super important. We are not doing good works to earn our way into heaven. We are doing good works to learn heaven. It's not like uh, we earn our part or we like earn part of the way or pay like part of the balance and then like God makes up the rest or that like we pay part of the debt and then he pays the rest or I think some people say like God pays a big chunk of it and then we just like pay pennies. That's really not how it is. Because guys, it's already been paid. Like he has paid it all. It is paid in full. It's finished. It's done. We have totally and completely and thankfully been saved by grace. I think it's that after all we can do phrase that really causes confusion. At least I know that that was the case for me. Um, what What is all I can do? <laughs> like, how, how do I know if I'm doing all I can do? I know I can't be perfect. Like, we, we've talked about that. I've been told that my whole life. I cannot expect perfection of myself. So I know that I can't be perfect, but I know I need to be close to perfect. But like, how close is close enough? You know, if we're like on a scale, like, do I need to be like at a nine? Do I need to be like an eight out of 10? You know, what are we talking here? So do you see how this is can cause like all sorts of anxiety? I hope it's not just me. Brad Wilcox has a piano analogy that is the best. And it really helped me understand this whole concept better and brought it all into clarity. He says Christ's arrangement with us 
is similar to a mom providing piano lessons for her child. So because the mom has paid the piano teacher in full, you know, pay the debt in full, she can now turn to her child and ask for something. What is it that she can ask? And if you've ever taken piano lessons, you know it's practice. (laughs) But the important thing is, is that the child's practice does not pay the piano teacher. And the child's practice does not repay mom for paying the piano teacher. There's no repayment done in this practice. Practice is how the child shows appreciation for mom's incredible gift. And mom's joy is not found in getting repaid, but in seeing her gift used and in seeing her child improved. So practice, or works, is necessary in life. But we must keep in mind the purpose behind that works. Like, I can't stress that enough. The purpose behind the works, practice, whatever you want to call it, is not repayment. It's not like punishment. It is improvement. It's change. Change is what this life is all about. Uh, We must take being saved one step further and ask if we've been changed by grace. So I'm going to quote Brad Wilcox here. We know not only what Jesus has saved us from, but also what he saved us for. Christ's suffering was not just a huge, amazing favor he did for us. It was also a huge investment he made in us. So uh, that's my little rant about grace. (laughs) We can move on. (laughs) I'm sure that you um, guys never want to hear me and Lexi say the words grace again. We have exhausted the topic. Honestly, I probably could have talked about it for another hour, but Lexi did such a good job of covering it before, and you're probably tired of hearing about it. (laughs) So I am just going to move on to the next section. Okay, so the next section is titled, The Gospel of Jesus Christ is Worth Every Sacrifice. In Philippians, we learn that Paul lost a lot. He sacrificed a lot for the gospel, but he doesn't even care. In fact, he counts everything he lost as dung, which that really made me laugh. Um, that would be a fun one to read with the kids, right? When they realize the scriptures are talking about poop. <laughs> but So come follow me ask, uh, what have you sacrificed for the gospel? The first thing that came to my mind is time. I feel like that's the biggest sacrifice that I make for the gospel, especially Sundays. Oh, man, if I had one more day, guys, if I had one more day on the weekend, I could get so much done. Uh, I work full time, so I need I need those weekends to get my errands done. And I just I just feel like sometimes I just feel just so jealous of people sometimes with everything that they're able to do. You know, they have one day to get all the errands done and then one day to like relax or not relax. We have Sundays to relax as well, but one day to like go and play and do things, you know. Um, but instead, we have to get all our errands and play into one day. Um let's see, like we're passions, worthy passions. That's something else I feel like I've sacrificed for the gospel, which kind of plays into time. It's just a matter of time management, like that good, better, best idea. I have to choose the best and kind of sacrifice those good things, those worthy passions, um, hobbies, you know, that I might have because I'm spending time doing things for church or the gospel. Uh, comforts is another thing I think of. It's still so hot right now in the South. And boy, I would really love to wear some shorts and a tank top. That would be wonderful. (laughs) So, uh, just creature comforts like that. I really think that this list could be endless. I think that, like, we could just go on and on and on. I think some could add, like, family, friends, um, jobs or influence, like Paul, who lost his influence, um, as a Pharisee. 
And some could even add their lives to this list. Um, so honestly, we could go on, keep on going, I think. Uh, but then it asks, uh, what have you received from the gospel? And I thought, well, man, this list could be endless too. Me personally, like peace, joy, hope, eternal life. Um, my testimony, that's a huge one. Knowledge of the afterlife is a really big one. Um, the next section talks about like happiness during trials or having like gratitude. And that's a big one. Just being able to like endure trials and be happy. So many blessings, miracles even. Um, I count my son as a miracle. Because we were told that we only have like a 1% chance of having a child. So we kind of gave up and moved on. But we had many people who still prayed for us and um, put our names on temple rolls and things even after we had given up. And then a year later, we had we found out we were pregnant. So I count him as a, a blessing or something that we have received from um, the gospel. So that list is not only endless, but also seems like weightier than my previous list. We're talking about things like peace and joy versus like um, tank tops, you know. So which one's more important? It's kind of obvious. And then the last question it asks is, are there any additional sacrifices you feel like you need to make? And wow, like really, how much time do we have? Like I could once again probably speak for an hour on all the additional sacrifices that I need to make. Honestly, Christ should be um, the center of my life. And so, and that requires constant adjustment because I'm always seeming to forget that he should be the center. Um, the most glaring one right now for me would probably be, uh, as I mentioned before, is just getting back into the good habit, a good habit of like personal scripture study and prayer and um, what kind of sacrifices that would require of me is sacrificing a little bit of my sleep, like what maybe be able to go to bed as early and sacrifice sacrificing some me time that precious me time that I get after my little one goes to bed and before you know that in between time after he goes to bed and before I go to bed where I get to have some quiet and do what I want to do <laughs> but I really need to make sure a car you know sacrifice whatever I want to do maybe like reading one of my books or uh, you know who knows what else looking at my phone wasting time really <laughs> sacrifice that and instead make sure that I get my scripture study, my personal scripture study and, and prayer. So and guys, this is, this is really why I love the Come Follow Me program because it like just gently encourages us to find our weaknesses and improve upon them. You know, like don't feel guilty about it. Don't like beat yourself up. Just recognize uh, where you need to improve and then act on it, you know, and most likely the next week you're going to have to recommit again and again the next week and just, you know, continue to recommit every week. <laughs> but as Lexi talked about, like where she's learning patience, we're eventually going to become pretty good experts in whatever we are failing at all the time. But we just have to keep trying. And uh, I love that the Come Follow Me program encourages us to do that. So moving on to the next section. So I'm recording this second half on a different day, and a lot has happened just in the past 24 hours, but we will get to that in a second. The next section is called, I can find joy in Christ regardless of my circumstances. And I really enjoyed both of the talks from this section. I love that President Nelson um, starts his talk by basically by basically talking about how terrible life is because it's true and I'm really feeling that right now. Um, there are terrorists, there's corruption, conflicts. He says there's dead ends, trials, and challenges of every kind. And he says that we have all likely had times when despair has almost consumed us. Oh guys, that's really hitting home right now. I may cry, okay? You'll find out why in a second. Um, then he says, yet we are here to have joy? Like a question mark. Like, and I just love that. Like, 
it, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like this life is so, it's so much. And yet we're here to have joy. It, all, it almost feels like a joke, right? Um, so this week, especially, I've really been feeling that, that despair he's talking about that almost consumes us. Um, it started off by just being a tough week at work and my uh, dog was really sick. And so I was just kind of worried about my dog. Not kind of, I was very worried about my dog and I was cleaning up insane amount of accidents. Our, our dog is very large and so his accidents were very large and I, I've just cleaned up so much poop this week. I don't even want to think about it. Uh, I was worried about my husband. Um, he just doesn't like his job and uh, after a week off he had to go back and um, I was just worried about him. I had lunch with a friend, a dear friend of mine that I hadn't seen in a few months. Her child has a chromosomal abnorm- abnormality. Um, but he just has a lot of physical and, uh, mental, uh, hurdles, and she just found out that he's gonna have to have more surgeries, too, so I was really feeling for her, and then I found out that same day after having lunch with my friend that another one of my very dear friends found out some very bad news, and she's at the very beginning of what's going to be a very long and a very hard trial for her, and it was just emotionally exhausting already. And there's a few other friends that are in my mind that I'm worried about. And then on top of all that, um, I'm trying to mourn, but honestly, I haven't had the time. Uh, I'm trying to mourn my own loss um, of the possibility of having a second child. Uh, We gave ourselves um, a year after having our first to try to have a second. Um, We we set that timeline because there's some medicine that I need to start taking for um, some genetic high cholesterol I have. And I need to start taking that as soon as possible, really. Um, But we said, okay, let's try for a year. And if it happens then great. If not, then we need to start addressing my health concerns. So that year uh, was up just last week. And um, so um, honestly, I really haven't had time to mourn that loss. Uh, But it's been on my mind, especially because I have um, my doctor's appointment tomorrow to get the ball rolling to get that medicine started. So and um, I'm going to be honest, guys, like all this just started to feel way too heavy. Like I was feeling a literal weight on me and it was making me sick to my stomach. And I was having the sense that I was like going under, like, you know, that was about to be like swallowed up. And um, then Lexi asked me to do this podcast. Um, It was about the same time all this was going on. And I thought, you know, I missed her last week's episode because I was out of town. So I'm going to go ahead and catch up and listen. And it was that um, Lexi's mixtape for Trial and Tribulations. And so I was listening to that, but also at the same time I was um, preparing for this episode and I was reading these talks by Nelson and Uchtdorf. And every time I started to dig into these or like dig into the talks or dig into the lesson or listen to Lexi's podcast, I started to feel like a little lighter every time. And I started to feel that peace of God that Paul refers to. You guys, nothing had changed. Like everything is technically exactly the same. In fact, it's even a little worse because I just got some very terrible news two hours ago. Um, I just had this shift of focus, like this change of perspective. As President Nelson says, joy has little to do with our circumstances and everything to do with our focus. Joy comes from and because of our Savior. He is the source of all joy. And guys, with the news that I just received, um, it's about two hours ago, that one of my best friends from high school that I've still maintained touch with because we work together has just been diagnosed with stage four breast cancer and it is terminal. So honestly, um, I think that the way this week has worked uh, is just a, a sign of or a testimony of how God has been watching out for me. Because I think if I hadn't been so deeply involved in the scriptures and in this particular topic of finding joy during hard circumstances, that this this may have broken me. So this week uh, may have broken me. But um, I'm trying to keep my focus on the Savior and on some of the amazing things I learned from reading these talks. So no matter our circumstances, we can feel joy. 
And as President Uchtdorf talks about, we can be even grateful. And my favorite verse from this lesson is Philippians 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 11. It's when Paul says, For I have learned, and whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. And when I read that, I was just like, yes, Paul, yes, like same same because this is a lesson I have learned many different times in many different areas of my life and uh, I think you guys are gonna laugh at me right now when I share this story but I feel like there's a good analogy in here um so forgive me for its silliness and the vanity of it um but I can't really remember the exact situation or exactly what was happening but I think I was like sorting through clothes that didn't fit anymore and I remember thinking like oh I really wish I was this small again like I wish I could fit in these clothes and then it was kind of like this deja vu moment like you've been here before (laughs) And it's because I had. I've been in that situation many a times. And I just uh, remembered, like, when I was wearing these clothes that were smaller, the ones that I was throwing away, I also, like, thought I was fat. And I was wishing that I was the size I was before that, like the one previous. And then the whole time that I was in that size previous, I was wishing I was in size previous and so forth and so on, like, all the way back to high school. Like, I just realized that there had never been a time where I was, like, appreciative of being quote-unquote skinny or, like, at the size that I wish now that I was. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've just never been content in my circumstances. That's the truth. I just never been content. I was always wishing that I was how I was before. You know, whether that was a year before or whatever. I was just yearning for the past and what I once was. And right there and then, I vowed that I'm just going to try to enjoy my body and be grateful for my body, no matter what stage it was in. Because who who knows what, you know, the next year will bring. (laughs) So, to quote President Uchtdorf, How much of life do we miss by waiting to see rainbows before thanking God that there is rain? Love that quote. It's beautiful. Um, Another time I really learned this lesson is when I was single and living with my parents. Um, I wanted to buy a home and get my own place really bad, but I kept on putting it off. Like I was thinking like, I'll do that when I get married. Like I'll be happy once I'm married. It's kind of, it was kind of my thought. Like I'll start my life, you know, like buy a home and like really get serious about life and things like that once I get married. And finally one day, thanks to a talk or something I read, it really hit me that I need to be content where I was. Unlike before, like when I was dwelling in the past, this time I was like yearning for a future instead of enjoying the present. So I went out and I found a house and I bought it and I tried to live more in my current moment and like appreciate my current circumstances, not like dreaming about the future, you know. And uh, funny enough, it turns out that the house I bought played a really big role in meeting my future husband um, and us even getting together. We uh, first met at a singles activity held at my house and he tells me that me owning my own house was one of the things he was very attracted to about me. Um, Okay, I'm going to share one more story just because it's one that was really impactful on me or a very um, impactful moment for me. And Um, it's one that I have to, I come back to a lot when I'm forgetting to be content or grateful in my current circumstances. So this was a time during my life where I had a job that I really hated, um, like really hated. I hated it so much that I almost cried, I think almost every day before going into work. And it was really hard for me to get out of bed and go in. It wasn't really a terrible job at all. Um, it was just for me personally, with my personality, it was kind of my personal hell. Like if you could create your own personal hell for Kansas, it would be this job. So one day I am helping a customer. He is in my cubicle. I have a little cubicle. I can't even remember what I was helping him with really, but he started to ask me if we had any job openings, if I was
was aware of any, and he started to tell me he would do anything. And he picks up the trash, and he says, I can take this out. And he points to the windows, and he says, I'll clean those. And he says, do the bathrooms need cleaning? I can do that too. And he starts begging me for a job, and he says, like, I will do anything. Is there anything I can do? Whatever you need, I can do it. And it just made me crumble, guys. Um, I felt really low in that moment, because here I am crying every morning because I have to come to work every day. And it's not just, like, any work. It's a relatively easy job that didn't require like any hard physical labor of me. It was like an air conditioned building. It came with good benefits. I was surrounded by like pretty nice people. And here's this man like begging for work, like any work. I wish, I really wish y'all could have been in that cubicle with me. Um, cause I'll never forget his face and I'll really never forget the lesson that he taught me or in that situation taught me about being grateful and being content in my circumstances. And I think that being content in our circumstances is so important because it all boils down to faith. Um, Uchtdorf says that being grateful in our circumstances is an act of faith in God. He says it requires that we trust God and hope for things we may not see but which are true. True gratitude is an expression of hope and testimony. It comes from acknowledging that we do not always understand the trial of life, but trusting one day we will. That part about uh, not understanding the trials, but trusting one day we will is really key because, guys, I do not understand why my beautiful... Um, late thirties friend won't tell my age exactly is going to have to die to die of cancer. Um, I don't understand why there are so many people who aren't going to be blessed with children or why there are some who can't have a second baby, yet there are others who can't support a family or don't even want a child and they're on like their third or fourth or fifth child. Like none of this makes sense. And if I dwell on it too much, I'll get really angry and really depressed. But instead, I just focus on putting my trust in God. I trust that one day it will all make sense. And um, I hope, I have hope. I focus on hope. I have hope that all will be well in the end. Speaking of the end, I want to finish with uh, my favorite quote from President Uchtdorf's talk. It, uh, it's beautiful. So he says, is it any wonder that whenever we face the bitter endings of life, they seem unacceptable to us? There seems to be something inside of us that resists endings. Why is this? Because we are made of stuff of eternity. Endings are not our destiny. The more we learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the more we realize that endings here in mortality are not endings at all. They are merely interruptions, temporary pauses that one day will seem small compared to the eternal joy awaiting the faithful. I just have chills, guys. It's just, that's beautiful. We are made of the stuff of eternity and endings are not our destiny. Um, I really highly recommend you read that talk. It is a really a wonderful and uplifting talk. And I think, like I said, it has uh, saved me this week. So I just want to thank you guys for enduring this interruption to your normally very enriching Savior Said podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Bye, y'all. The Savior Said is not an official product or endorsed by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All comments and opinions are my own personal opinions and not representative of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The music used in The Savior Said is Fireflies and Stardust by Kevin McLeod. The hymn quoted in the opening is Come Follow Me, lyrics by John Nicholson. The Come Follow Me curriculum can be found at comefollowme.churchofjesuschrist.org. For show notes, new episode alerts, and other fun and inspirational things, check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesaviorsaid. Have a question or comment? Email me at thesaviorsaid at gmail.com. 
Content in the Savior Said is copyright protected. All rights are reserved. Thank you for listening.